Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Because the fact is, Joe Biden is a threat to democracy. He really is a threat to democracy. I stand before you today not only as your past and hopefully future president, but as a proud political dissident. I am a dissident. Remember this, I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone, Mr. President. Do you know who that is? Even the president just said, I do. Scarface, Al Capone. If he had dinner with you and he didn't like the smile in your face, he thought you were mocking him by smiling, you would be dead before you got home and said hello to your wife. And Alphonse Capone, I, have, I got indicted four times by this gang of thugs for nothing. Or, as I say respectfully to the people from foreign countries, for... Well, leave it to me. (laughs) Ah, Trump, don't ever change. Don't ever, ever change. Although, the people who think that this is going to be an easy lift in a general. Dear goodness gracious. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. That was Trump at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. And while he is there, he is cleaning up, cleaning up in South Carolina with the win in that primary, a very, very solid win, the kind of win that normally would take somebody out of the primaries, like Nikki Haley. But Nikki Haley isn't going anywhere. Trump got 59.8% of the vote. Haley, 39.5. What did we say? What did we say here? What we said was, was that if she does not come within single digits... She does not have a chance. She does not have a hope. You want to argue she outperformed because she only lost by 20 and uh, the polling had her down by 25, 26, 27? You want to argue that all you want, you go right ahead. By the way, the Real Clear Politics average... Uh, had um, they they included one more poll in there, which was the Trafalgar poll, which had the real clear politics average of Trump plus twenty three, and he won by twenty. So this is the first poll. Uh, I mean, first grouping of pollings uh, that where it's a little more off. 
it was a little more off than expected because the other polls have been off by like a percent, a percent and a half with New Hampshire and Iowa. They had him plus 23. He wins plus 20. What did she overperform? The answer is nothing. But she's staying in the race, and the answer is good on her. Oh, I'm going to do the whole mathematics, the full breakdown. Absolutely, she should stay in the race. She has zero to lose. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're bothered by it. I mean, who? she is not going to worry about whether or not you are bothered by her staying in a race. It makes perfect sense that she remains. And I will break down why that is, where I think the opportunities are for Trump, where the issues are, and we'll start taking a look at that general and what happens when Biden isn't the guy. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Monday, Monday. So good to me. Monday morning. It was all. Well, I'm not sure of the exact duration, but I can tell you that we're all working on it. Uh, we want it. I want it. Because we want to liberate uh, the remaining hostages. We've already brought half of them back. And uh, I appreciate the effort, the combined effort of Israel, the United States, uh, to bring back the remaining hostages. I can't tell you if we'll have it, but uh, if Hamas goes down from its delusional claims and goes down, can bring them down to earth, then we'll have the progress that we all want. What specifically uh, is holding up the deal at this point? It reportedly, this would have 30 to 40 hostages, women, elderly, wounded, released in exchange for a few hundred Palestinian prisoners being released. Hamas started out with just crazy demands. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, it's too soon to say if they're uh, if they've abandoned them. But if they they do abandon them and get into what you call the uh, the ballpark, they're not even in, in the city. Uh, they're on another planet. But if they come down to uh, a reasonable uh, um, uh, situation, then, yes, we'll have a hostage. I hope so. That's Benjamin Netanyahu speaking on Face the Nation over there at CBS. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. These reports started coming out on Friday about the possibility of a ceasefire. Now, I have stated in many, many ways, ceasefire is the ability for Hamas to regroup, is the providing for the opportunity for Hamas to continue to destroy. I oppose these things. Hamas has to be ended in order for there to be any peace. Now, the anti-Israel side believes that Israel needs to be destroyed and then somehow everything will be fine. I have then argued if that's the way you want to be okay, let them fight it out. Stop pressuring, stop pushing, let them fight it out. Of course, they don't buy into that. They don't accept the honesty in that conversation because what they want is is destruction of Israel. We, we understand this. We understand their bigotry. We understand that their bigotry is not contained to Jews. 
Because once this is done, they'll move on to their other targets, which is the United States, which is Western culture, which is your family. That is what they're doing. All you have to do is look. We're aware of this. We see this. The only people who don't see this are liberal white women because liberal white women are the worst. They're the worst. They're okay with their kids being abused. No, 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 no. We have to show how kind we are. Can't show kindness to a terrorist organization that wants to destroy you. And once they're done with Israel and Jews, they'll move on to you. Because that's how it works. That's how they work. So this was reported uh, about this um, potential ceasefire uh, over over the weekend. You have, uh, in, in addition to Netanyahu's comments there, uh, that uh, Hamas's demands are simply untenable. They will not be uh, uh, agreed to. And that what they have to do is release the hostages. They want the elderly released. They want people who are infirm, who are sick, released. They want female um, soldiers released. They want these people immediately released to have any opportunity at a ceasefire. Do I believe that the Egyptians and the Qatari officials are actually working in some kind of uh, honest way as honest brokers to this? I, I actually do. I don't have a reason to think otherwise. Trust them in, in terms of, uh, as nations, uh, no. But it is, it, is, it is clear that there's an objective here, especially for Egypt, which is very concerned about the Rafa Gate, which is the, the area that connects Gaza to the Sinai, which would then allow for the flowing into Egypt, they don't want these people at all. Egypt does not want two plus million refugees. They are not interested in it at all or in any way. So we'll see how this develops and how this grows. As we discuss this, there is a story that's the front page of the New York Post. This, it's, it's distressing. This is a story about a member of the United States Air Force who has now been identified. And this airman, in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C., set himself on fire. I don't think we've seen acts of self-immolation since Vietnam. I will no longer be complicit in genocide in Gaza. I'm about to enact about to engage in an extreme act of protest. He sets himself on fire and shouts free Palestine. Now. Uh, a couple things here to get into and and if if soldiers or airmen or military people are upset with me i i'm fine with that doesn't change my mind at all hamas is a terrorist organization hamas has to be destroyed this airman is wrong this airman i only hope gets the mental and now physical help uh, that he needs but you want to talk about being on the wrong side of a rational argument 
there you are. You didn't stand up for anything, Airman. You didn't stand up for anything valuable. You stood up for terrorists. You want to believe the numbers coming out of Gaza? Look at the dead. Look at the injured. That's trusting Hamas. Trusting a terrorist organization is the act of the fool. I hope you get the help that you need. You think you you sent a message? All you did was share with America everything we've been talking about here. That there is this group of people who are absolutely committed to your destruction. You think this is about Israel. I keep telling you, since October 8th, it's not. This is about whether or not honesty, decency, and a civil society can still reign supreme as the value. That's what it's about. You set yourself on fire. I get I hope you get the help you need. But if you want to know how absolutely out of their heads these people are and how committed they are to the destruction of free nations, the destruction of free people, the condoning of rape and setting children on fire. You want to set your whole self on fire? What am I supposed to do? It's not like I gave you matches. But you want to condone setting children on fire and then say to people responding to that, you're the enemy? Holy hell. This is the fight. And I only hope you're ready for it. Because it's here. It's culturally here. And you need to know that you're the target. Not Jews. That's first. That's the easy stuff. You. My Christian or agnostic or Catholic or Protestant or Methodist or Muslim friend, you're the target. Your kids are the target. I don't know how many more ways they can show you. 808. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. article over at the Atlantic which is a left-leaning publication every now and again get something right on this no this is kind of stunning this is the headline how Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't written by a guy by the name of Russell Berman whom I do not know Tony Katz 93 WIBC good morning what it states is quote without clear guidance from the court House Democrats suggest that they might not certify a Trump win on January 6th. So Democrats want to disqualify Trump for Trump not being willing to accept and certify the vote of 2020. What's the difference? What is the difference here? Am I to believe now the Democrats are proactively planning 
that if Trump should win the election, they're going to work to keep him out of office? Well, there are those people who will tell you they're going to try and keep Trump out of office no matter what. Oh, there are some ugly theories out there. Ugly ones. But now they're saying it out loud on, on, on this part. Don't let him serve no matter what. Doesn't matter what the people want. Don't let him serve. The fact that he hasn't been adjudicated guilty on anything, don't let him serve. Well, the, the, the court there in New York uh, found him guilty in a civil trial. Yeah, civil trials are not criminal trials. Could we please have a little bit of focus? And any trial, whether it's E. Jean Carroll or whether it's, it's what happened in New York, which is based on, I don't even know what to say. It was defamation of E. Jean Carroll, $83 million? Sure, if you say so. Sue for defamation any chance you get, everybody. Clearly, there's some cash in it. $450 million Trump has to pay for not breaking a law in New York. He borrowed money at favorable rates and everyone got paid back and the banks were thrilled. No, no, no. We, this, this, those are clearly disqualifying things. You may not vote for him, but they are not disqualifying in any way. But now they want to work to not certify the election, to not certify the election if he wins. I'm sorry, I was told that that was a threat against democracy. How dare these conservatives, how dare these Republicans not certify the election result? How dare they challenge it? That's what we were told. And here they are. And here they are. Huh. Well, this is going to be one heck of an election if Trump wins. By the way, that's a big lift. That's a big lift. I don't care what the Trump supporter tells me. It's a big lift. And Nikki Haley, after losing huge, I'm sorry, huge in South Carolina over the weekend, she she barely got to 40%. No, wait, she didn't get to 40%, just under. And she's still running. That's actually a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant idea. I'll explain why. Coming up, Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. can beat Joe Biden. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. And with that, Nikki Haley continues on. I'm going to get to that in a second. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. We leave for Israel Wednesday. Uh, We will uh, start uh, our broadcasts there on. So is, is it Thursday or is it Friday? I can't still can't figure out the time 
situation. Basically, when, when you fly overseas, you not only go ahead in time, but you also go back in time. Uh, and, and honestly, I, I, don't, I don't understand. The point is, we're not going to be doing full broadcast. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. I forget if I say hello sometimes. We're going to be sending dispatches because we don't know. Uh, oh, I should say we do now know that with the schedule, that doing the the full broadcast is really not going to be, it's not going to work. So we're going to be doing dispatches throughout the morning show, throughout the midday show. I'm going to be sending back information, sending back stories, sending back interviews, all sorts of things, video interviews, everything else. And, uh, and we'll have it all for you. When I have the chance to call in and be a part uh, of the show, I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to do exactly that and be a part of the thing. So looking forward to it. Not so much looking forward to a 12-hour flight. I, ha- I have a lovely seat, Matt Bear. Uh, I, I, it, it, is not, it is not business class. It's not first class. What is it? It's, um, I think I'm in the cargo hold. Okay, I don't know. Good. good, good, good. You can sneak inside your wife's suitcase and she can take you on the plane. That's cool. Yeah, my, my, she's not going. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, this, is, this is just me. Just you? Okay. Well, that, just that, me. That'll be fun. That'll be a good trip. Just me. So, um, I, so I, 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 I have a fine seat. It, I, it's not on a window, it is on an aisle. So, I'm, you know, that's, that's all I need, all I require. Um, not looking forward to 12 hours on a plane. That's a long time to be yeah. on a plane. So for people who do a lot of international flying, exactly uh, just so I know, how many NyQuil do I need to take? That would be, <laughs> if there was a math there. I would just, you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe, I'm not talking about abusing anything. I'm not, I'm not an abuser of any kind of substance whatsoever. You know, uh, I just, I like, I, I wouldn't mind being asleep during the, during the flight. Okay, I'm doing the math here, and all right. We'll I don't think you know. Cup size. One, I'm not asking you. One, you are one, not the person I'm asking. One and a quarter cups. That's what you need. One little, and a quarter cups? The little thimble uh, that comes with the NyQuil bottle. Yeah, you put ah. it out one time and then a quarter, and that'll be enough for the whole time. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm not going to suggest on air that we talk about over-medicating people. Uh, well, you asked me, and that's what I would yeah, do. Yeah, you, you, you could send me an email. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. I'd probably be better. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Anytime. Appreciate that. Nikki Haley is not getting out of the race. Nikki Haley is correct. Now, this is going to anger and bother some people. It is not me saying that I support Nikki Haley. No. We're discussing whether or not Nikki Haley should get out of the race. And the answer is, of course not. Nikki Haley doesn't have to get out of any race. Why? Because a Trump supporter says it's over, Nikki. What are you doing? The 2020 election was over and Trump said, no, it's not. And the 2020 election was over and Trump said, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's the same mathematics. But she has no chance of winning. No, she has no chance of winning if she's out of the race. She has nothing to lose by staying in. She lost her home state. She did not get 40% of the vote. When you take a look at exit polling from South Carolina, People think that it's more important 
to have somebody who fights for people like them than somebody who can beat Joe Biden. That is that is true story. They think that Trump will have a better chance of defeating Biden than Nikki Haley, which proves that they're not actually paying attention to anything because the national polling says Haley beats the snot out of Biden and Donald Trump has a very, very difficult time with it. That's what the national polling says. But if you ask the hard-edged base, they say, no, 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 Trump's going to win, which is a delusional way to think. And also does not engage the conversation of what happens when Trump, I'm sorry, when Biden is not the nominee. Nikki Haley has zero to lose. By the way, if you want, we want to know how things are, are going, Trump has the physical mental health to be president. 69% of Republican primary voters said yes. Haley has the physical mental health to be president. 62% said yes. So we are, we are through the looking glass in pretending that somehow the hard-edged Trump supporter is honestly assessing a situation. They've got their guy and they're not changing on this. End of list. Nothing will move them. Nothing. Not indictments, not convictions, zero. Nikki Haley has already lost. And when you've already lost, you might as well keep going. She has nothing to lose. She just lost her funding from Americans for Prosperity. They're no longer, they they have halted the funding. She has nothing to lose. And I will get into why that matters. Coming up right now, Matt Bear has traffic. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Earlier this morning, Ronna McDaniel stepping down as the RNC chair. And it's about dang time. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. She will officially uh, resign on March 8th. And she actually put in her statement... Some of my proudest accomplishments include firing Nancy Pelosi, winning the popular vote in 2022, creating an election integrity department, building the committee's first small dollar grassroots donor program. You fired Nancy Pelosi and then fired the speaker who helped put that together and got nothing for it. Winning the popular vote in 2022. Congratulations, you won Miss Congeniality. She's, that's embarrassing stuff. Now, who does the RNC put in charge now? Who? Where do Republicans turn? That's a, a, a good question. And one I don't have an answer for. You have heard people, including Representative Matt Gates. Talk about Kevin McCarthy. He's organized. He can fundraise. He'd be a great choice. He doesn't talk. He doesn't get to choose policy. I don't listen to Gates 
on nearly anything. That said, McCarthy's not a bad pick at all if he's willing to do it. But McCarthy is going to be a thorn in the side of these elected Republicans. But he can fundraise. The question is, is he going to take money and dedicate it to Trump's legal bills? Because the Trump team is all about this. We get the money and it goes towards this. I need an RNC that's focused on winning the Senate and the House and governor's races and state races and, and, and local races. I need an RNC that does it all, that worries about the down ticket too. Winning elections matters. Not your ego. Winning elections. It matters. Uh, the, the other big story, and I'll be getting into this on Tony Katz today at, at noon, it, it, it's not the South Carolina primary. Trump won the primary, and you knew that he would. It is the story of this girl by the name of Lakin Riley. Lakin Riley was a nursing student in Georgia, and Lakin Riley was killed as she went out for a jog by an illegal immigrant. That's what happened. She was killed by a guy who entered the United States via El Paso, released from a detention center due to overcrowding, got to Georgia. His brother, also here uh, uh, illegally, and killed this woman. So to use the parlance of the left... Joe Biden and Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas have blood on their hands. And so does Representative Ocasio-Cortez for being all about an open border, which I've got the audio. I'll share it with you. This is the reality of an open, porous border, which it is. These are the facts, the end. But now I can share with you a media apparatus that doesn't refer to this guy as an illegal immigrant. A 26-year-old Athens man has been charged with murder and the death of a nursing student on the University of Georgia campus. That's how the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wrote it. Athens man. He wasn't from Athens, Georgia. He was an illegal immigrant allowed into the country by Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas because they have no policy and no plan to implement a policy. The Associated Press took it a step further. The killing of a nursing student out for a run highlights the fears of solo female athletes. So are you arguing that you can't go out for a run in the United States? Well, why is that? Or are you arguing the problem is she went out for a run? Are we now into the the victim blaming? Progressives are despicable people. Not because I say so, but because they show you so. This woman was killed because we don't have a policy that protects a border. That's what happened. So, liberal white women, maybe you want to understand that Lake and Riley is your daughter. 
stop voting for policies that are going to get her killed. Or at least stop voting for policies that increase the likelihood. Stop being progressively weird. Stop voting not in your best interest. Stop. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Moving to Florida. I, uh, I, I, I would have rathered. I would have, I would have rathered. He, he moved to Indiana, but he did not. He moved to Florida, out of California, because who could possibly stay? In California, Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. The more we see it, the more we see it. And Gavin Newsom wants to go out there and tell you how wonderful the state is. His massive support for Joe Biden, how masterful he's been. No one can stay. No one can stay. I, I wish uh, Sly all the best. We got to figure out how we get people to come here. Well, Tony, you can't compete with weather. True. True. Weather's a very hard thing to compete with. The question is, what can we compete with? What can we offer? Which I argue are many, many things that, that Florida can't. Um, like, for example, we don't have Florida, man. And uh, that, that should be enough. That that should be enough. <laughs> Did, I don't know. I forgot if I said hello. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. So, so Trump takes the South Carolina primary. Takes it in a big way. And instead of being in, 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 in South Carolina... He's, uh, I mean, he's at CPAC during the day, the Conservative Political Action uh, Conference, and uh, he's got plenty uh, to say. It's the popcorn moment. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's the story you need to hear to believe, then grab your popcorn because there is more. Uh, Finger on the dump button there, Producer Carl. Sometimes uh, the president, the former president, he likes to get a little, uh, likes to get a little, uh, speak a little French. I, I think that's what they'd say. I think that's how they would describe it in his words there. Four years ago, I told you that if crooked Joe Biden got to the White House, our borders would be abolished. Our middle class would be decimated and our communities would be plagued by bloodshed, chaos and violent crime. We were right about everything. So believe me when I offer you another warning and we've been right about so much, just about everything. If crooked Joe Biden and his thugs win in 2024, the worst is yet to come. Our country will go and sink to levels that 
were unimaginable. And just think about it. With four more years of Biden, the hordes of illegal aliens stampeding across our borders will exceed 40 to 50 million people. Medicare, Social Security, health care, and public education will buckle and collapse. It will collapse as sure as you're sitting or standing there. It will collapse. Our economy will be starved of energy by Crooked Joe's vindictive Green New Scam. It's a Green New Scam. It'll be the destruction of our country. It is indeed a scam, and most of them know it. Some of them, the fools, believe it. But most of them know it. Millions of... So, that's one heck of a warning. But he gets to base it on something. You could have argued that it was baseless when he was running in 2020. You cannot argue that it is baseless today. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? No, you're not. That is an objective statement. We really going to argue that the country is in a better spot than it was four years ago? War in Ukraine, war in Israel, uh, 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 a radical and dangerous and violent southern border that has created radical and dangerous cities? You know, I'm taking this trip to Israel. I leave on Wednesday. And I sat down with my kids yesterday to discuss this trip and to discuss with them what happens if I don't come back. I don't expect any issues. I'm more worried about the flight than I am about being in Israel. Because you can get attacked in any city at any time. Look what I do every day. Look at how uh, the, the, these uh, aggressive people who disagree with you politically act out in violence all across America. Anything can happen at any time. But I think it would be irresponsible to think, oh, yeah, I'm going to take this international flight. Everything's going to absolutely go perfect. What if it doesn't? I think as a parent, you have a responsibility to be very clear with your kids when they're of a certain age and able to understand it. I think it would be madness to do otherwise. We're going to sit here and pretend that somehow the nation's in a better place than it was four years ago? You have to be beyond self-corrupted to make that statement and, and believe it. We should be honest about where we're at. Honest about policies that work and don't, and honest about policies that are needed without uh, a, a, a desire for specific people or political candidates, but rather with a desire for how do we make our lives better. This is why, and I have now for a while, I speak so uh, uh, it, w- with such derision about liberal white women. Because they don't vote in their best interest. They don't vote for what's best for the country. They will go along with any progressive moniker, idea, philosophy that will allow them to virtue signal to people who hate them and want to use them. There was a whole conversation about Trump's speech at CPAC about whether or not it was bigoted. You take a look at my mugshot and black voters love me because of it and Wait, are you saying the black voters are okay with mugshots? What do you, what, what the heck is this? Are we going to deny that we have heard from 
anecdotally black voters who see Trump as better than Biden because Biden is a pathetic old man who can't get off a stage and they had more money when Trump was in office. They had more money when Trump was in office. Go ahead, compete with that. Best of luck. Trump is making an argument here that he is allowed to make that you're not better off than you were four years ago. The question is, does that argument lift enough for a general election? I don't think so. And that in and of itself is a massive issue. We will talk more about it right now. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Indianapolis Business Journal and its editorial urges the State House not to do anything regarding the blue line. Let Indianapolis do what it wants to do. After all, this is a local decision. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Indigo held public forums. This is what they've decided to do. And if for some reason you decide they can't go forward, the city loses out on $150 million in federal funding that would fix sidewalks. If the... If the argument uh, regarding local doesn't move you, know how much money the city is going to lose. Uh, I I would argue with the IBJ on on two points here. First, uh, saying that if we don't do this, we're going to lose out on funding is not an argument. That is saying the government wants to give us this. We'd be fools if we didn't take it. But at what expense? At what cost? If you're arguing that we can't fix our own sidewalks, I want to know why you think the people of Arkansas should fix our sidewalks. Well, where do you think the tax dollars come from? We can't fix our own sidewalks. Oh, that's right. I don't live in Indianapolis. Those indie people can't fix their own sidewalks. Maybe they should focus on how they budget. But the idea that they're going to take federal taxpayer dollars to do so? It's a local thing. Let them locally build it. May I ask the IBJ, how you come to this position? This idea that this is all local and it's local this and it's local that. It's predicated on federal dollars. And now you're saying the state has no say? With all due respect, I like the IBJ quite a bit. I would like to actually do more with them, not less. But honesty is required. And sometimes, especially when you take a look at their opinion pages, they need a a bit of a, uh, not a contrarian, just a different look. How dare you argue that this should be about local when the money is coming from the federal? And how dare anybody say that money isn't mine? That's right. The guy from Carmel does indeed have a say in what happens in Indianapolis because you're not doing this with your money. You're doing it with my money. Just uh, just something worth noting right there. Cooking a steak, wouldn't it be great? 
you could be my mate, cooking a steak. For goodness sake, will you please be my mate and come and cook a steak? Steak. Meatless Monday, as we know, the Indianapolis City County Council, which supported a socialist getting elected to their board, also doesn't want you to eat meat on a Monday. I don't know. They've got some kind of social justice thing, environmental justice thing. It's all garbage. But then again, rebuilding a city isn't their focus. Sloganeering on the streets and saying don't eat meat on a Monday is what they're all about. You know what we say here? Have yourself some meat on a Monday. And because it is going to be near or at 70 degrees today, the only answer is Rick's Cafe Boatyard. We're heading out to the creek. We are going to Rick's Boatyard there, Matt Bear, because they've got, they have got everything going on. You can get the crab cake hush puppies. You get the roast beef sliders. Lobster mac and cheese. The crab, spinach, and artichoke dip, yes, please. And then, of course, you can get one of their pizzas. You can actually get one of their salads if you're that kind of person. I'm not anti-salad, by the way. And then, of course, their Fisher Farm burgers with the lettuce, the tomato, the onion, the white cheddar cheese, their secret sauce or their bacon jam burger, their Korean fried chicken. What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you even wasting time? 70 degrees? Uh, get a reservation before it's too late. Get it now. Rick's a Boatyard, by the way. Ricksboatyard.com is where you go. And then uh, and then you go and you, and you get the reservation. And then you head on down there to Dandy Trail. Uh, Ricksboatyard.com. And that's what you do for Meatless Monday. That's how easy it is. Have yourself some meat on a Monday. Don't. Don't let, don't let Indianapolis decide for you. I think you should decide for Indianapolis. Tony Katz, that is me, by the way. What's up, everybody? How you doing? 93 WIBC, good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never. I'm not quite sure which Republican Party President Trump is referring to, but okay. Wins the South Carolina primary handily. Nikki Haley didn't get 40% of the vote. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. But Haley is not getting out of the race, and she's right, and I'll get into that. This is not support for Haley. This is a recognition of what her future is. I get her mathematics. But Super Tuesday doesn't show that it's going to turn things around either, just like South Carolina didn't show it. I'll get to that coming up. But let us understand that there is something happening that is going to take our attention, take our kids' attention, and take a whole bunch of investment dollars and how dangerous it is.
Because the question that we are forced to ask is, who watches The Watchmen? This is a story about AI, artificial intelligence. And this idea that artificial intelligence is incredible and wonderful and it's the future. And I am not saying that it doesn't have an opportunity. I'm saying it has dangers. And one of the great dangers, of course, is who does the programming? Let me give you an example. Here's one headline. ChatGPT, the famed ChatGPT, will tell you that there's no credible evidence that Hamas raped Israeli women on October 7th. In the October 7th terrorist attack, I should say. Hamas attacked Israel. Hamas is a terrorist organization supported by Iran, and they raped women and videotaped it for the world to see. They wanted the world to see what vicious, despicable, disgusting, worthless, scumbag animals they are. And we've got people in Indianapolis supporting them, college campuses supporting them, elected officials supporting them. They support rapists. Don't ever forget it. But ChatGPT says there's no credible information or evidence to suggest that Hamas raped Israeli women on October 7th, 2023. That, of course, is insane. If ChatGPT can't show you this, what exactly is the value of it if it can't be honest? But it's not just ChatGPT. Google's Gemini, the same one, the same AI engine that says, show me a picture of the Founding Fathers, and they're all black. The Founding Fathers were not black. That's just reality. They were not black. They were not Asian women. Whatever it is that Google Gemini is showing, when asked the question whether pedophilia is wrong, Google Gemini will not admit that it's wrong. They'll tell you that pedophiles are not evil. It's multifaceted and requires a nuanced answer. First of all, pedophilia is always wrong. That is attacking children, thinking that children can be sexual partners to adults. It's despicable. And you throw those people in jail. And if you tell me, well, they're just wired that way, I'll tell you I won't disagree. But it's a crime. They can't control their wiring. There they go. Goodbye. We're not debating here. In jail. A standard will be held. You don't get to have sex with children. To hell with what you think. To hell with how you feel. Jail. We have standards and we're not changing them for you or any of your predilections. We should be clear that if AI cannot engage honestly, cannot hold a standard what value is it and if you ask yourself well how is this possible the ai engine is programmed look at who does the programming these are not people who believe in a civil society or an honest society or a decent society and this is something that the ai people are gonna have to figure out whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Loads of bacon, seasoned potatoes, and fresh cranked eggs, and more. It's a complete breakfast in one hand only at participating U.S. Wendy's. I'm Matt Bear with traffic on the fives. Follow us at WIBC Traffic. Potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> right? Yes. I heard That's it this Sarah time. Hastings right there of Wish TV. She loves it. <laughs> I do. Burrito as well. I loved it. I heard it both t- both times this morning. It was great. Burrito and Burrito. potatoes. It's there, there. There is no stopping Matt Bear. There's only enjoying everything he does. My traffic is delicious. <laughs> Terry. the South Carolina primary. 60% of the vote. The exit polling is surreal in how they view Haley, how they view Trump. She got the moderates. She got the independents. That would do her well in a general, but she's not going to get there. Base Republicans thinking Trump would do a better job in defeating Biden than Nikki Haley, even though the numbers don't say that in the slightest. Trump is better mentally to handle the presidency and and physically than Nikki Haley? That's... That's insane. But the most important candidate quality, according to the exit polls, fights for people like me. At the bottom, that was 35%, 13%. The bottom can defeat Joe Biden. Well, thank goodness we've got focus. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. I don't deny fighting. One must fight, but one must be able to win. One must be able to win. Nikki Haley can't. So why is she staying in this race? She lost the funding. Americans for Prosperity, the the Koch brothers, as people like to to say and go, ew, which has always been nonsense. Full disclosure, I used to do a lot of work with uh, AFP. I've done work with them over the years. Right now, I'm not. Who knows what the future brings? I'm always clear and honest uh, with you. They're going to focus on Senate and House races now, and they are pulling the funding from Nikki Haley. Well, good. Good, Charles Koch. This is exactly what should happen. This is exactly what always should have happened. I have no idea why AFP decided to back Nikki Haley. And I'm not anti-Nikki Haley. I just recognize this wasn't the strongest candidate. I'll say it again. We could have had DeSantis. Why they decided that this was it? Beyond me. According to the AFP CEO, she has made it clear that she will continue to fight and we wholeheartedly support her in this effort. But given the challenges in the primary states ahead, we don't believe in any outside group can make a material difference to widen her path to victory. Well, okay. Now how does Haley move forward without the money? Well, I don't have an answer for that question. Money matters. Money matters greatly. Her only path to victory is something happening to Trump.
which is a weird, weird way to think you're going to get somewhere. Besides, if something happened to Trump, DeSantis would be back in this race in four seconds. And so would a couple other people. Nikki Haley doesn't lose anything by staying in the race. And she holds on to hope. Does her argument of 40% actually move the needle in Super Tuesday states? I'll discuss that on Tony Katz today at noon. Tune in then. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. We've got people, we've got lawsuits. It's just another day in Indiana, people. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Find everything I do at TonyKatz.com. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com. On the X at IIB, uh, personally at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y at Gary Dick. On, on the Twitter box. Uh, before we get into... You know, we, we now have some numbers on the NBA All-Star Game, which I think are, are, are pretty fascinating. We pay a lot of attention to airlines and, and flights coming in and out of the state and why this matters to growth. Can we get into the story from your sister publication over at the IBJ about the lawsuit regarding the hotel right there on the corner across from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This was supposed to be built. It was going to be a a huge part of what Downtown Speedway was doing. And finally, some hotels in that area for a race day and and for other events. And the hotel gets like like the concrete up. And the next thing you know, nothing. Zero. And now we're in lawsuits. Uh, I know Mickey Shuey has the story over there at IBJ.com. Do you know the latest on this? Ongoing, I think, is the one word. And you described it. This has been going on now uh, for years. This was originally planned to be uh, a very high-profile 126-room hotel uh, right there. It's so visible right outside the uh, the front gates of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, now action, as you mentioned, legal action has been taken to, to actually foreclose on the site. It has been – actually, we did a story two years ago uh, on the uh, kind of the renaissance, if you will, of Main Street and Speedway. And at that time, town officials anticipated that they were going to have a deal to get that hotel done uh, in, in a matter of days this was two years ago uh so um it, it is just something that has not it certainly has not worked out it's turned into uh what is a bad reflection on an otherwise uh a really uh, cool story on main street uh in speedway but uh the complaint uh, you know that was filed uh, indicates that um Money is owed, and that's why the foreclosure action is being taken. We'll see where this uh, this plays out. But at the, the the bottom line is, because of its profile, because of where it is, uh, it uh, it takes on some added significance. Absolutely, it, it is this massive eyesore right now when it's supposed to be this incredible show of uh, of progress in 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 Speedway. Um, you, you, they talk about some of the numbers. Mickey Shuey has it. The interest rate is accruing at $2,754 a day. The question is, is this something that the city of Speedway has to jump in and fix? Is this something that the Speedway itself jumps in and says, okay, we're going to handle this because this doesn't look good for us. We want the hotel for a myriad 
of of, of reasons, or is this something that's going to play out? And if it does, does this play out for years? Yeah, well, good question. And, and I think uh, to your initial point, I think I think you will see the town of Speedway get actively involved. They issued a statement indicating that they're going to be monitoring it closely. And I've got to believe that uh, the folks across the street at IMS are looking at it uh, very closely as well, as that is, as, as well as what's going on in the town of Speedway, a direct reflection on the, uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and so much of the progress uh, with improvements and other things that have been made uh, at the Speedway. So I think you will. Uh, I think you will hear town of Speedway officials uh, talk about their optimism that this foreclosure can be uh, settled and, and things can move on, and still believe this development can happen. We'll see about that, but it shouldn't overshadow the fact, and you and I have talked about it, uh, is what has gone on in downtown Speedway, in particular Main Street, over the last 20 years. It has been substantial. This is the one piece uh, that certainly hasn't gotten done, and because of its location, as we said, uh, it, it gets a lot of attention. It's one of the few occasions, talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on X at IIB, where I am in favor of the, of the city getting involved. I, I, I normally, look, this is private business, private industry, stay out of it. I don't think you can have it. This this looks like a blight situation. This is ugly as as can be. And if you're the city, you're like, we can't, we're, all this work we're doing for that main street and speedway to build out in other places, can't, it can't, we can't have it destroyed by this uh, bad, bad moment here. Uh, look forward to following your reporting and how this goes, uh, you have been reporting, and, and I think that, that you guys stay on top of this more than anybody. What's going on in terms of airports in the state of Indiana, mm-hmm. specifically the types of flights that, that we have, nonstop flights, more more opportunities for business uh, owners, business professionals to get to where they, they need uh, to be. The traffic levels at Hoosier airports, we're now hitting the pre-pandemic levels. Talk to me about yep. what it is you're seeing. Yeah, and as we talk to, and it's not just here in Indianapolis, which I think is interesting, um, but if you talk to Mario Rodriguez at the, uh, the Indianapolis International Airport, he will say that this uh, this return to pre-pandemic levels is occurring about a, about a year earlier than anticipated. They thought it might be another year before this happened, but double-digit uh, increase in passengers in 2023 here in Indy, uh, passengers uh, in and out of Fort Wayne uh, International Airport up 10%, traffic is up in Evansville, uh, as well. So a lot of positive indications that people are traveling again, getting more comfortable with traveling. And interestingly enough, business travel, which certainly was decimated during the pandemic, has begun to come back uh, a bit as well. In fact, they're they're pointing to business travel as maybe being one of those things that is helping the overall uh, aviation industry. And at the same time, we're seeing a lot of work done at airports uh, around the uh, state of Indiana. Fort Wayne is in a nearly $100 million renovation project. They're doing some things in Evansville here in Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis International Airport, five-story parking garage that a lot of people who travel are going to be applauding to get more parking spaces. That is expected to open later uh, this year, as well as a big runway project. So lots of activity at airports here in Indy and around the state. One of the things that you make note of is that Evansville, which you want to see the growth in, they lost their routes to Detroit and Chicago. Yep. Uh, is there a reason for this? And and 
How, how does a city grow when it can't get you to two major destinations for business and or investment? Yeah, uh, Tony, and I think the, the reason behind this and the re- reason some flights have been eliminated at other airports, uh, including Indianapolis, is this pilot shortage. And uh, the fact there aren't enough pilots, they can't get pilots trained fast enough to bring that capacity up to where it needs to be. That's a major contributing factor. You mentioned Evansville. I think it's a great example. Chicago and Detroit, two important markets. Old National Bank is headquartered in Evansville and made a major acquisition in Chicago and is growing its footprint in the Midwest. They need to get to Chicago. Toyota, massive facility in southwest Indiana. Detroit, very important there. Both Chicago and Detroit gone, not uh, on the uh, the flight list there uh, of routes at Ev- in Evansville. There's concern that those companies, in particular Old National, could say, hey, we don't want, maybe we'll move our headquarters to Chicago if we can't get there. It's that bad of a situation. And you've got the business community down there. You've got the governor's office here. A lot of people working on this, trying to get those direct flights uh, uh, back on board in uh, in Evansville. Just a, a, a one example of the importance of uh, of flying of flights to uh, business and economic development. Before I, I let you go, the numbers are in on the NBA All Star Game, and certainly more attendance than than any other All Star Game. Break it down for me. Yep. Uh, initially, they thought about 125,000 people would be in town. The estimates came out about 190,000. They're calling it the best attended uh, All-Star game in, I think, uh, I think 14 years. Uh, viewership in terms of across streaming and other platforms, 11.6 million unique uh, viewers. That's about a 20% increase uh, over uh, over last year. Viewership up as well, still historically at a low level, but certainly the job Indianapolis did and the, the visibility Indianapolis got uh, was substantial for All-Star Weekend. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, on the Twitter X at IIB. I appreciate you taking the time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Fill up on the news presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays at 9 a.m. WIBC, WIBC.com. Dow futures are down just 13. NASDAQ futures up just 14. A lot of people talking about how the uh, Chinese electric bus company, BYD, remember they built buses that we bought here in Indianapolis and they don't work? Thank goodness for the red line, huh? Electric buses, that was the future. They don't work. That's all right. We'll keep going. Because it isn't about electric buses. It's just about buses. Well, no, it's not about buses. It's about taking cars off the road. We see you, Indianapolis. We, We see you. Some people were late to the game in understanding what it is you were after, but you're in favor of these buses because you want cars off the road. Well, we need a traffic diet. We need these traffic calming measures. We need to save lives. Any conversation about this traffic calming and how it affects fire trucks and ambulances from getting to where they need to be on time and lives lost there? You don't want to just 
reduce car accidents. You want cars off the road. This is all green nonsense. We see you. We see you. And as I stated, I think that the Indianapolis Business Journal and their editorial is making a a massive error. The state should stay out of the local issues. What do you mean the state should stay out of the local issues? What makes you think that the red line or the blue line is actually a local issue? They're taking federal money to build this nonsense. Of course it's our issue. Where do you think the tax dollar comes from? comes from us. Indianapolis is not this little enclave that gets to make this call. Of course we get a say. I can't believe the IBJ actually missed that. It's a fundamental disagreement that I have with their editorial. And I, I, I will say again, uh, like so many, in desperate need of some other thoughts. I like the reporting they do. I like the people that they have. I, I, I like the IBJ in general. But the editorial missed. Because the editorial doesn't recognize that we do have a say. And that the idea that the uh, creation of dedicated bus lanes is a local issue when traffic decisions are made on a state level, speed limits, etc., it's to miss a mark. Now, if you want to change that, feel free. If conceptually you want to discuss local government making local decisions, you're not going to get an argument from me at all. But when you state in your op-ed, as uh, the Indianapolis Business Journal did, uh, that, hey, if we can't convince you that this should be a local government decision, recognize that the city got $150 million to, to do these projects and also going to mean sidewalks, this, that, and the other. If we, if we change the rules, they're not going to get this money. You're proving that the state does have a place in this and that we, outside of Indianapolis, because I love it when people tell me, you don't live in Indy, you don't have a say. It's federal money. I have a say. I'm sorry that upsets you. But maybe if you weren't, I'm not talking to the IBJ here. I'm talking to, to people on, 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 on the X, Twitter, social media, people in Indianapolis. It may upset you that I have a say, even though I don't live in Indy. But that's your problem. Of course I have a say. We all have a say. You didn't raise your own money to do this. You took federal dollars. You took our tax dollars. You took tax dollars from the people of Arkansas, people of Georgia, the, 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 the people of Wyoming. You took their money to do this. So stop thinking that you're these special people who have to be left alone. How dare anybody bother you? Good gosh. You elitist snobs. You didn't do it on your own. You didn't use your own money. If you had used your own money, I'd have zero to say. Zero. Although, I would still think it's a terrible idea. Zero to say. It's not your money. And I was surprised to see the, the IBJ editorial not recognize that. Now, if they want to argue that, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for it. I like, like it, We should continue to discuss it. But... Certainly, if we're talking about how lanes get used, I think the state does have a place in this. The argument that the state should not be so involved in local politics, uh, that much I I do agree with as well. People have accused me of being all of a sudden big government. I don't think it's big government if you're arguing that the state, which has a say in everything else regarding traffic, has a say in this. But if you want to eliminate the state's say, well, then go about creating that legislation. It's the same conversation regarding who gets on the ballot. 
Do I think that, for example, in the Senate race in Indiana for the Republicans, should John Rust uh, be uh, forced off a ballot? No, actually. I think if you want to run, you should be able to, there's a requirement, you get on the ballot, but that's just it. We accept the idea of requirements, of signatures, etc. Why can't there be a requirement about what primaries you voted in? Now we're playing in levels of degrees. If you want to make it easier, fine by me. If you want to say that how dare you have any rules, well, these rules you're fine with, these rules you're not. Who gets to decide these things? Well, we have... Uh, the, these regulations, if you want to get less of them, fine by me, work on getting less of them. Don't get angry that they've been there for years and now you're like, how dare they? Say, okay, we have had these regulations for years. We shouldn't have them anymore. Let's now work to get rid of them because they are valueless. They do not help. They keep people from running and we want more people engaged in the political process. Nothing wrong with that. Of course, you have a say in this red line, blue line debacle. Oh, and for for the people who've been screaming at me about this still, uh, I never said get rid of the buses. I never said get rid of the buses. I may personally not want the buses, but I've always said I'll lose that fight. The buses will remain. We're just talking about the dedicated lanes. That's all. We're talking about the red line and the blue line, which were failures to begin with and still are and are damaging to business, damaging to the roads. And roads are for cars. And cars aren't bad things. Good gosh. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Oh, uh, Nikki Haley uh, says she will go on regardless of the results tonight. She is behind in the polls, but it is said that uh, if there's a big turnout, that could help her, could favor her. How do you see the turnout uh, tonight? Well, about 600,000 voters have come to the state, a lot of them during COVID, uh, ever since Nikki left the governor's mansion. A lot of these are higher income, a college degree and above. So these could be ripe for the picking, but that would still tell us, like, you know, public polling has shown us shown her down by about 25 or so points. So it would take quite a lot of folks. Uh, Because look, at the end of the day, what I'm interested in hearing from Nikki tonight uh, is what's the path forward? What's the narrative that she's going to lay out that she can actually win primaries and start getting in the delegate math? This is really what she's going to do. So you mentioned those, what, 600,000 people? Now we don't have to listen to any more of that. She can't. There is no path that shows that she wins primaries anywhere else. So why is she staying in the race? Because it doesn't cost anything. You've got this money, you might as well spend it. You're making an argument, you might as well make it. Trump can't win a general. People don't want to see these two old men run again. The party does, but the nation doesn't. 
Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. And that happens to be true according to a whole bunch of polling. It happens to be true according to Nikki Haley. The party has spoken and they have said, eh, we're not a, we don't really care so much that you uh, think that uh, nobody wants him. We think that the people do want him and we're going to keep supporting him. We're going to keep putting him up there. We're going to keep voting for him and we're going to run him in a general. I mean, that's what's being said. Nikki Haley's argument is look at the national polling. It's not the Republican Party's argument. There's two different arguments going on. Two different arguments happening. I don't know how Nikki Haley thinks she overcomes this. But again, I will tell you, there is no reason for her to leave. Yes, she has lost a a sponsorship, if you will. For example, she is uh, she has lost Americans for Prosperity. They're going to put the money into Senate races and House races. You lost Charles Koch. You lost that huge, huge network that was doing uh, the door knocking and the grassroots stuff. Okay. I do not know what your plan going forward is. But I absolutely accept the idea that you don't have to drop Something happens to Trump, you're there, ready to take over. Trump says something, you're there, ready to capitalize. You got to be in it to win it, kitten. And the people saying, oh, you have to get out, oh, you've lost all, it's over. 2020 election was over, Trump didn't stop saying that there was a problem. 2020 election was over, Trump didn't stop saying, this is wrong, we have to fight this, we have to fight that, we have to contest here, we All Nikki Haley is doing is taking a page out of that. That's all she's doing. And there is a logic to it. Now, as for where the Republican Party is, well, I I think that to say that there's a level of disarray is, is absolutely logical. I think the idea of saying that they are unified is complete and total madness. Now, that didn't stop Trump. But now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever, there's never been a spirit like this. And I just want to say that I have never seen the Republican Party so unified as it is right now. Never. I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's true. It, 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 it doesn't seem that way to me because um, you're saying unified because you're winning. But Nikki Haley's point is this isn't 90-10 blowouts. It's 60-40. The spread is small. I have no idea if that argument works. I don't think it does. But she's looking at Super Tuesday. She's looking to Michigan, uh, the real clear politics average in Michigan. Trump 69, Haley 17, Trump plus 51.
Now, a bit of a caveat. That is the last four polls, and they go back to November. There's a November poll, there's a December poll, there's a January poll, there's a February poll. So this includes polling that still had DeSantis in the race and others. The last poll, February 20th to February 24th, Trump 76, Haley 24, which is still Trump plus 52. Just saying what is.